welcome to the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. I'm your host, Jason Dubray, and uh, I'm glad you're joining me for episode 38. Over the next few weeks, what I'm going to be doing is a series of solo episodes dedicated to 31 Days of Horror for this year, 2021. Guest we've had on the show, uh, talking about 80s movies, Scott Lehman, every year uh, puts together a little bit of a draft, and each day in October, there's a a different horror theme. And I decided to participate in it this year. And uh, as a result of that, I've decided to put together a whole series of episodes based around all of the movies that I see for this 31 Days of Horror. Uh, some days I will only have watched one movie from that particular theme. Uh, some other days I'll have watched more than one. And so what I'm going to be doing today is I'm going to be looking at the first four days and the first five movies I watched for the 31 Days of Horror. I normally have a guest as far as uh, figuring out which of the movies would be uh, shed from my movie shelf. As I go along, there'll be some movies that I do in fact own, and, but will be part of a future broadcast, in which case I will give a general synopsis and review. Uh, and then with some other movies, I'll go into a little more detail because I don't necessarily own them. But if they were on my shelf, this is how they would be scored. For these episodes, I'm using categories of acting, story, and scariness to uh, determine uh, the points. And I'm going to be doing five movies per episode. As far as the five movies that we are looking at in this episode, we're going to be starting off with the theme of an Eli Roth movie, and I chose Knock Knock, starring Keanu Reeves. The next day was a focus on Vincent Price and Vincent Price movies, and I decided to watch uh, House on Haunted Hill. The next day was to choose a personal phobia, and this is where I did a double feature. The personal phobia that I chose was the idea of being buried alive. So the first movie, Ryan Reynolds' starring film called Buried, and then we're going to take a look at the original version of The Vanishing from 1988. And we're going to end off with a theme of torture horror. And I decided to take a look at the latest in the Saw franchise, um, the Chris Rock starring film Spiral. So those are the five movies I'm going to be looking at and uh, focusing specifically on the acting, story, and scariness. And I hope you enjoy this uh, different type of episode of the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. Beautiful cake. <laughs> Dad, are you sure you can't come to the beach with us? Dad, he needs to stay here and do some work. Bye, guys. Yes? Oh, we're so sorry to bother you, sir, but my phone got wet and she left hers at her house. Oh, I'm sorry. But if you want, you can come in and use my phone. Yeah. You're a lifesaver. Not everyone would let strangers into their houses. You don't look that dangerous. I'm not so sure. Could we maybe throw our clothes in your dryer just for like 10 minutes? Sure. How long have you and your wife been together? 14 years. Being with one person your whole life is going against nature. Well, when you love someone. Come on, Evan. Buckle your seatbelts. We may be encountering some turbulence. So, I don't know. I, I, I. I feel like I want to like Eli Roth more than I do, 
sometimes I enjoy seeing him popping up in cameos or extended roles in Quentin Tarantino films. And I've, I've watched a number of his movies as a writer director, but sometimes I just, I'm just not there with him. I feel like, you know, he's, he's trying and he's trying for an extreme sort of horror that you would have seen perhaps in seventies and eighties. I, but I, I just, I, I have trouble warming up to his movies and going back to Hostel, which was his big break. In 2015, he uh, teamed up with a uh, very likable uh, Canadian actor <clears throat> and movie star Keanu Reeves to do a, I would say, a torture horror movie called Knock Knock. This felt like familiar territory uh, as far as what he did in the Hostel movies. I think potentially in some way he thinks he is creating a movie which is perhaps some, making some sort of a, a feminist statement within the genre, but it's it's a little bit of a mixed uh, mixed review for me, let's say. Uh, the setup is awesome, but once we actually get into the uh, the heart of the story, uh, I'm, I'm not sure that it's uh, as good as it could have been. So Keanu Reeves plays a devoted husband and father, uh, and he's left home alone for the weekend. And then when he's just about to sort of relax for the night, there's two stranded young women who unexpectedly knock on his door. Uh, they, they're played by uh, Lorenza Izzo and Anna de Armas. What starts out as kind of a kind gesture results in a dangerous seduction and a deadly game of cat and mouse. And so I knew pretty much where this movie was going. I'm, I'm well aware that I'm in a horror movie, Keanu Reeves uh, character named Evan is not really aware that he's in a horror movie. And so just out of the goodness of his heart, he decides to help these two attractive young women and they then, once they get inside his house, kind of force their way into his life and uh, ultimately seduce him. And uh, unfortunately, he succumbs to that. And then, of course, we get into the trap that he has fallen into. We just find that he's it's one of those torture horror movies where it's impossible for him to completely get rid of these young women. <laughs> but also uh, to escape the violence uh, that is to come his way. And it's some scenes are really interesting. Keanu Reeves is good in the early scenes where he's a, a family man and when he's being just a, a nice guy and we find out different aspects of his character. But when he has to really kind of lay on the anger and the frustration, and when he tries to work his counterattack against these two young women, it feels forced. Uh, he, he's a guy that if you cast him right, it can be amazing. But when he is trying to act, it comes across on the screen. And so I wouldn't say as likable as he is, and at points his character is kind of likable, despite the actions that he takes in the middle part of the film. I, I do think that this uh, was not one of Keanu Reeves' best roles. And then what we're left with is Eli Roth's uh, writing and directing. And again, I, I, I feel like we're, we're looking at a little bit of a cartoon here. Um, Lorenzo Izzo and Anna Darmus are fairly sociopathic, but they play it up and they play it very cartoonish. And I have noticed this about Eli Roth films where the acting is, um, it's not natural acting. 
and maybe it doesn't have to be natural acting yet i do feel like aspects of this story are supposed to be set down on mother earth and that is kind of what i was fighting and wrestling with and it's kind of unfortunate that i am fighting the movie so i think if i was not fighting the movie i might have had a better time with it but i would say it it, it is worthwhile if you uh, like this genre or subgenre of horror. And if you're a fan of Eli Roth, if you're a fan of Keanu Reeves in the uh, righteous John Wick or uh, kind of the, the nicer roles from him, uh, this might not be the movie for you. If you like Keanu Reeves and some darker material, then uh, Knock Knock might be your thing. Ultimately, breaking down the three categories, I, I am going to be giving 50 points for each category. Uh, acting, I'm going to be giving a five. Story, I'm going to give it a seven. And as far as scariness, it didn't really scare me. Uh, I kind of knew where, where it was going. It does try at the end to create a kind of the moral of the story is, which I thought was actually kind of convoluted and insulting considering how everything was made to be. And I think this is Roth attempting to create some sort of a deeper feminist message in this film, which I don't think is there. I don't think it's the, the right material. I don't think it's very well handled in that regard there. So not that scary, but I did give it a seven for scariness. To be honest, uh, the five movies we're looking at here, sure, some of them creep me out, but none of them really scared me. So that's my review of Knock Knock. Vincent Price, and you're invited to my party in the house on Haunted Hill, where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. So won't you come and make it eight? You'll see human heads without bodies. Mysterious pools of blood dripping from the ceiling. The walls move slowly in against you. Don't try to escape, you can't. waiting, so won't you join me in the house on Haunted Hill? Hurry, or you'll be late for your own funeral. All right, Vincent Price, no doubt, is a legend. Um, I guess I've kind of grown up with him being a little bit of a cartoon character uh, or some sort of a, an archetype of this creepy horror actor, but who doesn't play, kind of play roles in kind of a natural way. Um, I know there are some films where he's a little bit more toned down. I think he achieves the right balance in House on Haunted Hill. This will be a very, very familiar story to a lot of people, but this is, of course, one of the pioneers as far as this type of story goes. 
going back to 1959 when this uh, this movie came out. So uh, Price plays an eccentric millionaire named Frederick Lauren, and uh, he has his fourth wife, Annabelle, and they invite five people to a house on Haunted Hill for a haunted house party. Whoever stays in the house for one night will earn $10,000 each, which is a lot of money in 1959. As the night progresses, all the guests are trapped inside the house with ghosts, murderers, and other terrors. Uh, this is a really, really solid classic uh, horror movie. I had a lot of fun with it. It certainly didn't scare me. I, I knew on the whole where it was going. I mean, there's a few surprises. I, I would say the biggest surprise to me still for 1959 is they did kind of go for the violence and the horror a little bit more than I would have expected. I, you know, it's, uh, I, it certainly isn't, you know, as far as modern standards of horror, but it, uh, it worked for what it is. It's a, it's a fun time. It's a classic for a reason. Uh, I, at the back of my mind, I kept thinking, um, about Robert Wise's film, um, the haunting, uh, from a few years after that, 1963, I believe. And that one was actually, it, it, it played this story kind of straight-faced and is actually does have some legitimate scary moments to it. So I would say if you're wanting to, uh, if you're more of a, a pure horror fan and you're looking to have a legitimate scare, that would be the version of the story that I would recommend um, based on, of course, Shirley's, Shirley Jackson's uh, great book. But House on Haunted Hill is a lot of fun. Certainly ha had a good time with it. A, a couple uh, actors besides Price to mention, of course. His wife is played by K Carol Omart. And as we kind of see as it goes along, it's uh, very much <clears throat> kind of a, a battle between the two of them. They don't love each other at all. And I think there's uh, essentially uh, a money grab in there. Uh, there's a little bit of a, a nice twist in, involving one of the characters and... Uh, and, and the wife named Annabelle Loren. One of the uh, just kind of fun character actors to see in there is uh, Alicia Cook Jr. Um, playing Watson Pritchard. Uh, he, he's a character who uh, drinks a lot and he is well aware of the history of this house and he, he's kind of the, the, the Cassandra of the group in a way where he's trying to warn everybody that we shouldn't be messing with things. There are ghosts here. It's a dangerous house. Don't tempt fate. But because they, he drinks a lot, they just kind of treat him as an eccentric and say that he has a drinking problem and don't really listen to him. Uh, and then there starts to be some real consequences for that. We've seen this type of uh, a character in many horror movies for sure. But uh, he's a familiar face, a welcome face in the movie. And I really uh, enjoyed his uh, supporting role in the film. So overall, I would I would recommend, I think I would recommend this uh, movie to anybody, House on Haunted Hill. Uh, if you're somebody who's not sure about the horror genre, this would probably be a good introduction before getting into some of the more uh, aggressive horror of the 70s, 80s, and onward up until uh, the year that we're in right now. So overall, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, Acting-wise, again, the acting is not always that natural. Uh, there's um, kind of a bit of an over-the-top 
voiceover technique, very popular then, and has been was used for decades. So I'm not going to fault the film for that, but some moments are better than others with the acting. Uh, but it's fine. Uh, you give it a ten. Uh, Story-wise, familiar story. Uh, I think it's been uh, done better in in some other versions of this, and there are many versions of this type of story, as well as parodies. I remember certainly. Uh, the Simpsons and the Flintstones have had episodes which have revolved around this idea. So uh, I, I, I'm giving it a 10. Um, again, maybe in 1959, it was kind of a unique story idea. But seeing right now, it's a good story, but you will be very familiar with uh, most, if not all, of the character beats. Scariness, I just gave it a 11, and maybe it's just a little bit extra credit for actually going for it as far as the danger and the violence um, that happens in, in the movie. Uh, and certainly the atmosphere, the haunted house tricks, the black and white photography all help uh, in that regard. So I, uh, in general, I would recommend House on Haunted Hill. In 2010, there was a, a movie called Buried, uh, which is essentially a one-man show uh, for Ryan Reynolds. And it's interesting, in uh, recent weeks with the uh, Toronto International Film Festival, I reviewed a couple of movies that were shot during COVID, which revolved around uh, an actor basically carrying the movie because they couldn't have too many people around uh, and they had to sort of keep things kind of isolated on the set. Uh, the Guilty, which is now on Netflix, starring uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, and and then also uh, Blake Wood starring Naomi Watts, which has a lot of her alone running in the woods, and both are <clears throat> genre action movies. And much in that way, even though it was shot not during COVID times, um, buried starts off with Ryan Reynolds essentially waking up and he is buried alive in a, a coffin. So an absolutely horrible situation. And the real kind of, uh, again, neat trick, and maybe I'm a little bit of a sucker for, for this, is that the entire movie essentially takes place in this confined coffin space. Uh, I, I do think the filmmakers find ways to stretch it out a lot more than it... Uh, might have been and there's some there's flashlights and there's uh, a lighter and there's different things uh in there that ryan reynolds character can use in this situation so uh he plays paul conroy and he uh, wakes up in the pitch darkness he's an american truck driver who was working in iraq in the year 2006 
and he realizes he's trapped inside a wooden coffin, buried alive. So with that cigarette lighter, uh, he can see the trap he's in, and he quickly realizes there's not enough air for him to live long. He finds within the coffin a working cell phone, which allows him to contact uh, the outside world, but the outside world does not prove to be very helpful in finding out where he's buried and getting him out of that situation. And then Paul must rely on uh, himself in many ways for survival. I think after a while, it's not a terribly long movie, but after a while, you're probably going to be thinking some things are being stretched a little bit. The amount of oxygen he has in this box, for example. But, you know, there are things that are put in in front of him to create some obstacles. And uh, we start to see that kind of later in the film when uh, sand starts to fall inside the coffin and then his space becomes more and more confined. I think Ryan Reynolds does a good job in this. it's, you know, Ryan Reynolds, and I fear he's a really good guy. I have not always warmed up to him. I did like Deadpool, but now I feel like there's a little bit of a, a you know, backlash against him. And some of the things I've been hearing, it, he basically is playing the same thing over and over again in his movies. And at this point, I wasn't really, 2010, I was just, he was lumped in with a bunch of other actors uh, that I was kind of okay with. I, I think he does a good job of acting. He plays it straight. Uh, he, he plays it realistically. I mean, a mix of trying to figure it out, but actually being scared. Uh, he gets angry. Uh, there's some really good emotional beats that he plays. So if he wasn't on point, this movie could have been a disaster. It's not as scary as I thought it would be. It's, a, again, a little bit more of a thriller, perhaps a bit of an action thriller, uh, using the Iraq War as as the backdrop was uh, again kind of trying to make a little bit of a point, a reverse side of raising some issues about how ethical it was for for the U.S. to go into uh, Iraq and to go after Saddam Hussein and, and and all of that. It was at that time where those types of movies were coming out and kind of showing a little bit of a microcosm of what's done to an American who isn't even necessarily uh, an American soldier working for the military simply as a as a this truck driver who gets captured and put in this situation and how the u.s response is once he's able to get in in touch with the authorities there i i would i would say that you know if you are a ryan reynolds fan it's worthwhile if you're uh interested in this type of movie uh, i think you know it's one thing to watch it at home i imagine watching the movie theater would have been more intense for those who have claustrophobia, Buried might not be uh, the movie for you. It might be a little bit uh, too difficult to be able to to handle. Uh, movies are written by Chris Sparling, and uh, the director is Rodrigo Cortez. And Rodrigo Cortez has directed a few movies, but really nothing. This would probably be his high high water mark. He's, he made another movie called Red Light, uh, and another one called The Contestant. And it looks like he... Mostly works in Spanish language films. I I feel like I'm kind of in between. I I think overall I I like Buried, but I I think some things that go on, looking at the cell phone and how long that cell phone battery lasts in the film too, I think is kind of convenient for for the plot. But this would be kind of like uh, in the same 
genres, the two movies I mentioned uh, before, two brand new films, but also another movie called Phone Booth, starring uh, Colin Farrell and Joel Schumacher, where essentially this guy is uh, stuck in, in a phone booth and is, is, is kind of trapped. And that movie works. I think Buried works on the whole. I, I think Ryan Reynolds is not necessarily as good an actor as Colin Farrell or as uh, good an actor as Jake Gyllenhaal or Naomi Watts. But he does carry the movie well enough. So acting-wise, I'm giving it a 10 because it's a very challenging role. He can't move around a whole lot, and he's stuck in this space. And uh, it was an ambitious, I guess, filmmaking project. Uh, so I have to give uh, props for that. Story-wise, basically, he's in the box, and he's calling people and trying to figure out a way to survive and get out of the box. That's essentially the story right there with some other details about his family and 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 that kind of thing so I'm, I'm giving seven for the story scariness i think if i was claustrophobic i would feel a lot more scared watching this movie uh, i wouldn't want to be buried alive uh, and that was the phobia i was focusing on but i i, I just would, could not get scared by this film so uh, i'm giving it five for scariness but i wouldn't steer people away from seeing buried je m'appelle Raymond Lemorne. Je suis sociopathe et claustrophobe. Je n'ai jamais trompé ma femme. Ah. Il y avait le carbouchon, s'il te plaît, dans le tiroir. Ah ah Mais je m'empresse de vous dire que pour moi, le pire, ce n'est pas tué. Vous êtes un euh, menteur. Menteur Non, je ne veux Non. Oui Et euh, je, je veux... Euh, 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 Vous avez violé Saskia. Si elle est morte. Et si l'homme qui voulait savoir, c'était vous. Now we're on to a considered a little bit of a international horror classic, Sporlus or uh, The Vanishing. This uh, is a 1988 film and then was remade into an American film starring uh, Jeff Bridges, Kiefer Sutherland. And people who saw this film first had enormous issues with the American version of The Vanishing because they essentially changed the story and uh, in dramatic ways. Watching, and I did, maybe it's had the misfortune of watching the American one before I watched this one. Watching this one, yeah, this version of the story of The Vanishing is the superior story. Uh, I also kind of interpret the night, uh, the 1990s version as being a, a bit of a, you know, a, a Reader's Digest version of the story. They kind of skip over a lot of the, the details. Uh, the Vanishing... In, from 1988, is a slow burn 
of a horror movie, but beautifully directed and beautifully written where you're you're kind of are watching one perspective of this what happens on this really important this key day and then it switches and then you see a completely uh, another perspective and then you just sort of see the detail and the detail about our sociopathic killer is amazing and is uh also very very well acted but i just want to do kind of uh Shout out, so it is based on a novel called uh, The Golden Egg, and it was uh, The Golden Egg was written by uh, Tim Crabb, and this was uh, adapted by George Sluzer, who also directed the film very effectively. We initially follow Rex and Saska, who are on holiday. They're a young couple who are very much in love. They stop at a, a busy service station, and Saska disappears. Rex dedicates the next three years of his life trying to find her. He just cannot accept that she just vanished. She just disappeared. And they receive some postcards from her abductor who promises to reveal what has happened to Saskia. The abductor, Raymond uh, Lamorne, is uh, very much a chilling character to whom Rex is drawn by his intense desire to learn the truth behind uh, his um, now former lover's disappearance. And the truth of what happened is uh, more sinister than he dared to imagine. I mentioned phobia of being buried alive. That is certainly an aspect of this film. But the lead up to that is just just amazing. I, I want to shout out this performance of uh, the actor who plays Raymond Lamorne, Bernard Pierre Donado. Donado. What makes things even more chilling is how ordinary this man is he's not an over-the-top movie type of serial killer he is a guy who has a job and it's interesting what the job is i won't spoil it for for you and he in fact has a family he's not some sort of creepy loner who uh is spends all his time figuring out how he's going to uh kill his next victim he does spend that time, but nobody is aware of it because of how uh, a intelligent he is and the work he puts into before uh, this uh, disappearance happens. So I find that it, you end up seeing the perspective of all of the characters. I think, I'm not sure like is the right word, but you definitely care about or are fascinated by all of the characters. Jean Bervaltz plays Rex. And then uh, Joanna Terstige plays Saska. And just those early scenes of the couple are just, they, you know, they're a couple that, you know, they, they enjoy being together. It is kind of new young love, but they do have uh, some fights. And that kind of perhaps leads into certainly the guilt that Rex has after he realizes that she is definitely gone. And uh, it's an obsession that, uh, and it's an obsession, unhealthy obsession, which leads him down to this dark path. Spoilers for this episode, but really uh, The Vanishing is the top film I'm talking about here. Acting wise, I'm giving it a 13. I am kind of spreading the points out. Very well acted film. Story wise, a 16. Very fascinating. I, I like how it starts off. I like the middle part. I like the build-up. I'm somebody who likes slow-burn action movies I, or uh, slow-burn horror movies. 
I would suggest that if you don't have the patience for that, if you're used to sort of a straight into the violence action pack, this might not be your type of horror movie. This is purely a psychological horror movie and it's a fascinating study and it, it takes its time, but the payoff is so worth it. And scariness, uh, again, I, I wasn't scared by any of the movies I'm talking about, even this one. But on the scariness scale, it gets a 20. It is by far uh, the scariest movie of the five movies that I'm talking about. So I very much, very much uh, would recommend horror fans check out The Vanishing from 1988. If you're interested in this story, then I don't really have uh, as much of a hate on for the American remake. Uh, I know some people really don't like it, but uh, in 1993, the, there was an American remake of The Vanishing, and just as kind of perhaps an interesting compare and contrast, the 1988 film, foreign foreign language film, is the better one, and I guess I do have to sort of say, yeah, if you don't have a lot of patience for subtitles, uh, it's unfortunate for you because you're missing out on some great stories, but that might be something that would draw you away from it. But I, I would say that, you know, if you just go to the American one, you're not going to get the complete story here. You need to check out uh, The Vanishing. I recommend it highly. Detective Banks, do you know where your officers are? Jigsaw? Wait, I thought the Jigsaw Killer was dead. He is. Hours, not days. How can I catch this guy? If there's nobody on the bus, I can bus! You can't do this alone. Whoever did this has another motive. Something personal. When was the last time you saw your father? Jigsaw copycat. It's gonna go sideways fast. I'm a man like a spiral. All available units, officer down. That was just a diversion to get us out of the precinct. Spiral, 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 spiral. I need everyone on this case. He could be anywhere. He could be anyone. We're gonna tear this city apart. I'm a man spinning like a spiral. Hello, Detective Banks. When was the last time you saw your father?
So I think I've made it clear that I'm not an enormous fan of the Saw franchise. I do own all of the Saw movies. I think it's maybe just a bit of a started collecting them. And then I just had to keep going with the story. I thought, well, I own the first whatever number, so I might as well go for the ride here. And, and I have. And it's been a largely unsatisfying ride on the whole. And when I had my Halloween episode last year with Curtis Anderson, the movie that left my movie shelf was indeed Saw. So here we have Spiral. And Spiral, a brand new movie, 2021, came out earlier this year. And I was like, Chris Rock is in a Saw movie. This should be interesting. And then I looked at it and, oh, Samuel L. Jackson is also in this movie. So they went from essentially, and I would say the first film had a, a B plus to A minus cast. And then it became kind of like a whole series of folks that I didn't really, really know. Um, working actors for sure, character actors uh, to fill out the later chapters. But this is a big leap up to essentially an, an I would say an A-list cast, at least two of the cast members being A-list. I think that helps and it gives Spiral a bit of an edge and this gave it a this Saw franchise a little bit of the boost that it has been missing indeed. I don't want to be too mean to the Saw franchise, but again, they're essentially... I, I kind of resent the morality behind this excuse just to kill people in horrific and torturous ways, right? And this was torture horror was the theme, uh, and I was just looking for uh, something different. I didn't, and Spiral fit the bill for sure. Uh, it has it's a little bit of a police procedural and a little bit of an action movie as well, but it does bring uh, certainly the blood and gore that you would expect from a Saw movie. So uh, Chris Rock is a detective. He's working in the shadow of his father, who is an esteemed police veteran, and his father is played by Samuel L. Jackson. But he's a brash detective named Ezekiel Zeke Baines. And he has a, a rookie partner, uh, played by Max Minghella. And they take charge of a grisly investigation into murders that are eerily reminiscent of uh, the city's gruesome past with the Jigsaw murders. So uh, Zeke finds himself unwittingly entrapped in a deepening mystery, and uh, he does find that ultimately he is the focus of this killer's morbid game. Chris Rock is an interesting guy, funny guy, and I love his stand-up comedy, and I think when, when he's in his element, that's, uh, th that's where you're going to get the best Chris Rock. But I appreciate that he has tried to be an actor over the years. He never completely disappears into the role. I'm well aware that I am watching Chris Rock uh, at all times, and that's the case here. But I, I just saw him in the latest season of the TV show Fargo, which I think, you know, the diminishing returns on this past season were very evident. And for whatever reason, as this kind of this mafia boss, Kansas City mafia boss, uh, uh, Chris Rock just did not seem comfortable. You know, uh, he felt like I could see him acting. I could see him really forcing it. The good news in Spiral, because he is the lead character, he has to carry this film in many ways, is that for whatever they did differently, but he seems a lot more comfortable in this role. He can let out the full R-rated Chris Rock. His frustration uh, is, is very evident. He... He was in a situation where he had to rat out a police officer. And ever since then, he's never had a partner, 
Nobody wants to work with him. Nobody likes him in the police department. And uh, as a result of that, he has a chip on his shoulder and is easy to anger. But he's also a very good police officer, as we see in in how he works with uh, his rookie partner. And some nice dynamics, uh, you know, maybe not enough scenes, in my opinion, with Samuel L. Jackson as his father. There certainly is a little bit of a tension there. And, you know, as soon as uh, he gets this big murder case, his father wants to help and get involved. And that's not what Zeke wants. Zeke wants to be able to to work on this one uh, by himself. And then there's some really kind of neat stuff as we go along here. Uh, what's going on with uh, his father. And uh, it does have a quite a good payoff, uh, is not predictable. I actually thought that I knew what was going to happen. And I was pleasantly surprised and not in a convoluted way. And I spent the entire time being thoroughly entertained by Spiral. And I would certainly recommend it. I, I, again, if you're not into this type of horror, this subgenre, I still think it would be a a tough sell and it certainly wouldn't be a place for anybody who's wanting to get into horror movies to start for sure. But if you are looking for something which, you know, is for the most part a very well acted entry in the Saw franchise and arguably the best of the Saw films, then I, I would recommend Spiral. I do think when some things are revealed and the climax becomes so over the top, as is the nature of these movies and and how it what happens at the end, you know, it's, it's kind of reminiscent of the other Saw movies. That part doesn't work as well. But as far as the beginning of the film, uh, Chris Rock's performance and the police procedural and how that kind of uh, works itself out, I would say that Spiral is actually quite a good movie and I would recommend it. Big surprise, because uh, to be honest, I was going into this film with my arms crossed thinking, okay, well, this fits the theme of the day, but this is certainly not going to be uh, a movie that I uh, enjoy in any way, shape or form. And I did actually have uh, a better time than I uh, expected with Spiral. Acting wise, I'm going to give it 12 points. For the story, uh, again, it's fairly simple story. They add a lot of plot twists and you know the convoluted stuff that you'd expect in a Saw movie, but it it, it works well in the police genre. There's a little bit of a point made about police violence against people who are uh, innocent, and I I think that was a nice touch to have that in there. But it's it's not the most original story, for sure. Uh, so I'm giving it 10 points for that. Scariness, again, not that scary. Kind of more gory and gruesome in places. Um, so I'm giving it a, a, a 7 for scariness. I guess that would be a little bit of a weakness there. But considering how bad some of the Saw follow-ups have been, and Saw itself in many ways, Spiral is really up the game, and I hopefully this will... If there are more Saw movies to come, and I'm sure there are, they are going to be much improved because of this entry in the franchise. Since our host isn't here, would anyone care to mix me a drink? Certainly. What will you have? Good evening. I'm your host, Frederick Lauren. It's 
Since we're all strangers to each other, let's get acquainted with a drink, shall we? All right. Thank you for joining me on the, this uh, first volume of the 2021 30 Days of Horror episodes. And uh, we'll see how the other ones go. Five movies at a time and uh, covering a whole variety of themes. So I just want to kind of review and then uh, give my, my total points for each of the movies. And then I'll tell you which one would be shed from the movie shelf at the end. So Knock Knock for acting, I gave it five. Story, seven. And Scariness, seven for a total of 19 points. House on Haunted Hill, starring Vincent Price, I gave 10 for acting, 10 for story, and 11 for scariness, for a total of 31 points. Buried, I gave a 10 for acting, credit to Ryan Reynolds for that. Story, 7, scariness, not that scary, a 5, gave it a total of 22 points. The Vanishing, really the cream of the crop with this particular episode. It gave acting 13, story 16, and scariness factor 20 for a whopping 49 points. And finally, uh, the uh, Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson starring film Spiral, the latest in the Saw franchise, gave 12 points for acting, 10 for story, 7 for scariness for a total of 29 points. And so, uh, obviously, The Vanishing had the most points with 49, followed by House on Haunted Hill with 31 Spiral in the middle there with 29. Buried gets 22, thanks to Ryan Reynolds' performance. But Knock Knock, uh, directed by Eli Roth and starring and executive produced by Canadian Keanu Reeves, gets 19 points, and that would be the movie that I would shed from my movie shelf. Thank you again for listening, and I will be regularly sending out these episodes. Volume 2 will be very soon. And before I go, I just want to, as always, shout out a few podcasts, film Feast is a great one to listen to, hosted by Matt Bledsoe. A Lifetime of Hallmark, our good friend Kurt, Kurt Fitzpatrick is uh, one of the co-hosts of that show. And as always, rank and review Larry Parsons' uh, show. He recently had his 200th episode, and I was honored to be the guest on that 200th episode where we looked at uh, the seven movies in the Tremors franchise. Uh, I'm well aware that there is a TV show out there as well. We are trying to, looking forward to the day we can get a hold of the pilot episode of that TV show that had Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward in it. Uh, and so we might someday have a follow-up involving the TV show. But if you're interested in my opinion and Larry's opinion on Tremors, of course, uh, the Tremors movies separately will be reviewed on this show sometime in the future here. So again, I hopefully you're enjoying your October and I'm certainly watching lots of horror movies myself and uh, I'm looking forward to sending this out and uh, gain some feedback on these episodes and volume two will be very soon until then please take care of yourselves and be kind to one another